0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello again and welcome. We're looking at the book of Acts as a pattern, but also an amazing inspiration. Have you ever read a book for information and at the end of reading it, it became inspiration? It made you want to do something or be something. And that's what the book of Acts is. It's not just a history lesson. It is supposed to be there to help us, to inspire us, to to give us something to aim towards. I've had discussions with people who say to me, why don't we go back to how church was in the old days? And what they mean is, let's sing those hymns again, or let's do things in the traditional ways. You know, sometimes you walk into a church and the church was built 400 years ago. The songs that are being sung are about 300 years old. Even the clothes that the minister and the the clergy are wearing are from centuries ago. And you sometimes think, wow, there's some value in tradition and history. But actually, what I have learned now to say to people who ask me that question is, Yes, let's go back, but let's go back far enough to the book of Acts, which gives us the pattern where they didn't have buildings. We can have buildings, but buildings weren't the main thing for them. They didn't have a whole lot of tradition and clergy and all the trappings that we've added to. And we want to go back to the simple Bible, the the book of Acts, the gospel stories and work out how church was because it's our heritage. Those early days show us what Christianity can be like and is increasingly becoming like again in these last days. We're so blessed. We're so fortunate to be living in this day and age. People have said that our generation is the first generation where we can realistically reach every nation, tribe and tongue with the gospel. And Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to every nationality, and then the end will come. We are within reach of that goal. So let's look at the book of Acts. We're on chapter six now, and we've looked at various aspects. It's been a wonderful experience. I've loved it. I've learned so much reading through the book of Acts again. But today I want to look at the titles or the positions that people were given. And so in verse 1 of Acts 6, it says, Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. So some of the Jews were Greek-speaking Jews. Some were Hebrew-speaking Jews. They were all Jews, but there was a bit of a difference. Uh, um, You could call it a racial difference or a cultural difference. And um, there was a bit of bad feeling. A complaint was brought to the apostles because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Now, I don't know if this was a sin or an oversight. And in some ways, it doesn't matter. Because the important thing for us to realize, Jesus said, offenses will come in Matthew 18. Uh, in this world, you will have trouble. there Because sin is pervasive in the world and in me and in you, we will hurt each other, offend each other, sometimes intentionally. Sometimes unintentionally, that doesn't really matter. The main thing is it will happen. And how do we deal with it? So their widows were not getting the same amount of food as the Hebrew widows. I wonder if you have your own example of that. Maybe you've been offended in church. Maybe you thought you didn't get what you deserved or some group didn't or whatever it was. These things happen. It's so wonderful that the book of Acts shows us The good and the bad the dark and the light and we can see exactly what was happening there then the 12 summoned the multitude of the disciples and said it is not desirable that we should leave the word of god and serve tables so the apostles had relied on others to do it and it had been a haphazard thing and and the apostles were studying the word and they were praying and they were teaching the word And they believed that that was their ministry. That was what God wanted them to do. And they said, if we then have to go out and make sure that the distribution is done evenly and equally, then we would be neglecting something else. Again, have you gone to your pastor or your minister and said, please, would you do this? Go and look after that group, do this ministry, help with that. And he's had to say, no, I can't. There's a pattern and a and a precedent for that. They said, it's not good for us to leave the Word of God and serve tables. Now, they weren't saying that their ministry was more important. I really don't believe that. They were just saying that's what God had called them to do. And interestingly, the word distribution in verse 1 and serve in verse 2 is uh, comes from the word diakonos, where we get deacon, but it actually just means serve, servant, minister. The same word for minister is diaconos. The same word for deacon is diaconos. The same word for serve and distribute is diaconos, and it comes up again and again. So they were saying, "We want to serve. We're going to see in a couple of verses time. We want to serve in the word and prayer, but we want someone else to serve in administration and handing out food and organizing portions and parcels and listening to people's uh, complaints and and." deciding on how to do it best and and counting amounts and setting out tables. I mean, all the different practical things. I wonder if you feel that your ministry is not really important because you're not uh, appointed, you're not maybe a clergy, or maybe you don't stand up and preach, but we will see that every ministry is important. So they said, it's not good that we should serve tables Uh, Verse 3, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. There were three characteristics, good reputation. In other words, they had a character that was full of integrity. They had wisdom. They had been given by God the ability to choose things well, and they were full of the Holy Spirit, which means that it was clear that some people were full of the Spirit and some were not. That's a discussion for another day whom we may appoint over this business. So they asked the opinion of the people, but then the apostles were going to do the appointing. It wasn't a a fully democratic process, but they did ask for people's opinions. Verse four, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. They're unashamed about that. They say, I'm not ashamed to say I'm going to be praying for three hours a day, or I'm going to be studying the Bible for five hours a day, whatever, because the ministry diakonos of the word is not the same as all ministries, and it's a body, and we need to be all involved. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. You see, laying hands is a way of imparting a spiritual power and blessing to somebody. And it's a way of setting them apart and saying, God has called you to do this thing. And it was a spiritual job, even though they were waiters. They were administrators. They were servers. They were cleaning up bits of food off the floor. They were organizing groups of people and, and saying, No, you stand in that line. No, you go there. They were, they were doing an administrative job. They had hands laid on them for the empowering of God. Verse 7 Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. God's word spread because ministry was shared out. But now I just want to show you what happens to two of these seven. We don't have any details of five of them, but two of them, Stephen and Philip, we're told what happens to them. So Stephen goes on to become an amazing man of preaching amazing. Even though his job that he's been asked to do is a ministry of serving, he becomes amazing and anointed in in speaking. Verse 8, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. So miracles start happening because he starts serving tables. Then there arose some who argued with him and uh, they said he's speaking wrong. And in verse 10 it says and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke so they arrested Stephen they tried him in their own internal court and he spoke the whole of Acts chapter 7 is Stephen's speech where he knows the Old Testament so extremely well God has anointed him obviously to do miracles but also with wisdom to speak well and he's just so powerful And yet the religious authorities decide, no, he deserves to be put to death. And he is stoned, which is an awful way to die. They put you in a place and everyone picks up a stone and they throw stones at you until you're dead. And it says that Paul was standing there holding the coats of the people who were throwing the stones. So Paul was, was overseeing the execution of one of these leaders, one of these seven who were anointed by God. An amazing story. And Stephen, as he's dying, he sees heaven opened. He sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He sees heaven all around him. And there is just amazing power in the death of Stephen. And we might say, how does this all work? And I've spoken on another week about uh, persecution and prison. And we realize that sometimes when we lay down our lives, even when we seem to have lost as Christians, God's kingdom wins because people are impacted and Paul became a great servant of God. Now I'm not saying people should die willingly but it may happen and we should realize that God uses suffering for his good. I just want to tell you about Philip chapter 8 speaks about Philip Uh, And it says, and the multitudes with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So Philip rushes out of Jerusalem because of the persecution that's happening. And he goes to Samaria and he starts preaching and amazing revival breaks out. The whole community are saved and just miracles are happening. People are being genuinely convicted by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Verse 7, for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. There was great joy in the city. The multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Amazing. And then after this huge revival in Samaria, Philip goes off and he's led to witness to an Ethiopian man, and then he gets taken up in the spirit. Acts eight, verse thirty-nine says, When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found in Azotus, and passing through he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Now, what I want us to see today is that those who were willing to serve, even in a lowly position, even as lowly as being a waiter and cleaning up food and distributing food, those who are willing to serve were anointed and used by God. That's the first thing that we need to see today, is that ministry is service. You know, Jesus had some amazing things to say about this. There was a time when James and John's mother came to Jesus and asked if her sons could have special positions of glory and in Matthew 20 verse 21 he said to her what do you wish she said grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom And Jesus said, you don't really even have a clue what you're talking about. And then in verse 25, he said, Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And that's the word diakonos, that same word minister, ministry. Um, Matthew 20, 27. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, diakonia to give his life a ransom for many. So Jesus said that earthly rulers do it one way. They want to impose. They want to make people do things their way. They want to have glory and they want to have power and they want to enforce their will. But he said, no, no, Christian leaders do it another way. Let it not be so among you. You serve. You serve. You're willing to be humbled. You don't want glory. Isn't that amazing? Let me read you one other passage here. Matthew 23, verse 1. Jesus spoke to the multitudes and his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. They bind heavy burdens, hard to bear. They lay them on men's shoulders, and they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. He says they're hypocrites. They tell they want to. They want to do finger work, which means they point and they tell people what to do, but they themselves don't want to do anything. That's the worldly way of leading. Uh, then he says it's all about glory. Verse five: All their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. Phylacteries were, it was a box with the, with the Torah that they would wear on their forehead. And the Pharisees would have big shows of how important they were. They wore garments that said, look, I'm a Pharisee. I'm a, I'm a religious man. They wore these phylacteries. They, they spoke and acted in a way to be seen and to get glory. He says, Uh, They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, rabbi, rabbi. They're looking for glory and they're looking for attention. And it's just so interesting to me that the seven men appointed in Acts chapter 6 were not looking for this position and they were given no position. They were given no title. They were simply called the seven and they served and they did the lowliest work and they served hard and diligently and did everything they could. And as a result, anointing flowed. The church grew. Revival broke out. <laughs> amazing things happened. And Stephen was even, even willing to serve to the point of laying down his life. Just a, a quick word about, about this. You know, we as Christians today can easily, easily fall into this trap where we want titles. I looked up the Wikipedia page for religious titles or positions, because in the Bible, there's very, very few positions or or titles given to people. In fact, we're going to see in a minute that Jesus said, don't use titles. But there are 139 titles on the Wikipedia page, from Pope to whatever you can name, all the different ways that we have found to give titles to to make people feel important. And then we give them robes and special clothes and special seats and special stage areas. And we put their names up and we make them seem so important. And Jesus said, no, that's the way the world does it. My friend, I'm I'm not trying to beat you down and say, you know, you're a bad person. But I'm just saying there is a different way. We don't have to call ourselves a title. We don't have to name ourselves something. If I am doing a job and I'm serving, it'll be obvious that I'm doing that. And I don't need a title or a badge or a special type of clothing or anything to make myself important. The anointing comes from the hands being laid on and the power of God and the willingness to serve and being filled with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't come from a title. If God hasn't anointed you, no title in the world will help you. And if God has anointed you, you don't need a title. Listen to what Jesus said. But you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father. Wow. For one is your father, he who is in heaven. And do not be called teachers. For one is your teacher, the Christ. But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant, diakonos, minister, servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So let me just summarize with a couple of scriptures and a couple of points. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul is writing to Timothy, and he's told him to go there to appoint elders and deacons. And in 1 Timothy chapter 3, he tells him what to look for when he's appointing elders and when he's appointing deacons. And the word elder, sometimes there are three different words in the Bible that we think are three different titles. Elder, overseer, which is sometimes translated bishop, and pastor. But I can clearly show you from 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 1 to 4 and Acts 20 around verse 28 that the job of elder and the job of overseer and the job of pastor are just three names for the same job. And that Paul through the book of Acts would appoint a group of elders in every church. They were humble people. They were people of character. They weren't trying to blow their own trumpet or say, look at the title that I've got. And then they also appointed some deacons. And that word deacon appears many times in the Bible. It's only translated deacon a few times, but most of the time it's just translated servant. And it wasn't a title really. It was just to say these people are the ones, the seven who are serving the tables or who are leading this small group or whatever. But it's not a a thing of pride and blowing ourselves up and saying, look how great I am. Why am I saying all this? because the positions are important. If we're gonna follow the pattern of the book of Acts, we need to get back to a couple of things. I'm gonna say some strong words now. We need to move away from having clergy and laity. You say, Greg, what's that all about? Well, clergy is is an invention of humans. It's not in the Bible. Clergy says there are some people who are specially qualified to do ministry and the rest of us receive the ministry. That's not in the Bible. In the Bible, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, which are gifts, by the way, Ephesians 4 says they are gifts. They're not positions or titles. They are functions. They are, they are just things people do. It's not a title or a badge they wear on themselves. It's what they do for the Lord. But it says those five people exist to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. They equip all of us to do the ministry. And so if there is a clergy, it's all of us. It's not just a small qualified group. We need to get away from that. It's not helpful to have clergy and laity. It's not helpful for us to have huge um, shows of importance and and for people showing great um, deference and giving glory to their leaders. We should honor the leaders the Bible tells us in First Thessalonians that we should honor those who lead us. Uh, Hebrews 13 verse 17 says we should obey those who lead us. But they are simply on the same level as, as us, but they have a different t- p- position or purpose or function or job to us. They're the same level as us, but they have a different function to us. Everybody is the same. Everybody in the body of Christ is a priest. We're a priest and and we are kings for the Lord, the Bible tells us. We are a body. Every part is important. Every part is necessary. Every part does ministry. Everyone has something to offer, but some are appointed to lead and others are appointed to sort out the distribution of food. Others are are appointed to pray. Others are appointed to do different things, but those are functions. They're not positions or titles that we should try and make ourselves important by. We need to get rid of that. We need to somehow learn that a position is a job of service. And then lastly, when we get those positions right, just a small number of elders, a small number of deacons, um, whom we we appoint to do things for the Lord, when we get that right, when we are serving, when we are humble, when we are not trying to make ourselves seem important, when we're not looking for our own platform to blast how great we are, when we get that right, we will see the results that they saw in the book of Acts. Can I encourage you? You might say, you know, I don't have a degree or a qualification. I haven't been to training to be in ministry. I can't do it. I want to tell you that the seven had not been trained. They were full of wisdom. They had good reputation and they were full of the Holy Spirit. But more than anything, they were willing to serve. And when the apostles said, are you willing to serve? They said, we're willing to do anything. We're willing to, to do the menial tasks even though God had anointed them and empowered them to preach powerfully and to do amazing things. And he has gifted many of us to do many of those things. The gateway into the power of God is saying, I'm willing to be a servant, just like Jesus. I'm willing to lay aside my glory and my titles. I'm willing to become nothing and be lower than And do whatever is necessary to glorify God's people. I'm willing to have no glory myself. And for no one to even know that I exist. I just want to serve. I want to be lower. And when we humble ourselves, Jesus said, then we are exalted. Philip and Stephen were greatly exalted. 20 years later, we still see Philip in Acts 21. Living in Caesarea, which is where we left him. In Acts chapter 8, we still see him there ministering and he's got daughters who prophesy and his house is a hub of ministry and power because he was willing to be a servant. Whereas I've seen people who come into church, especially a new church, and they say, look how great I am. You guys are lucky to have me. I've got these gifts and these ministries. Wow, I'm going to bless you all. And they always fall by the wayside. But the ones who are willing to be humble, to have no title and just to serve, The Lord exalts them greatly. Lord Jesus, please would you bring us as the church back to humility, to not wanting lots of titles or positions or clergy or or different status symbols, but Lord, just to serve and to be humble. And please, Lord, appoint your leaders in your church to serve and to administer so that your kingdom can grow just as it did in the book of Acts. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.